Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn and Friends, one of the most informative and entertaining talk radio shows today. From social issues and trending topics to sex and relationships, no subject is ever taboo. So join us now for Real People, Real Topics, Real Talk. Let's face it. Happy Sunday, everyone. It's Sunday, October the 11th, 2015. You're listening to Let's Face It with Will Strayhorn, your friends, and we are your hosts. I'm Will Strayhorn. And Alicia Brown. How are you doing, Alicia? I'm tired. <laughs> How are you, Will? Oh, you're tired. <laughs> you have not. You, have, you don't know what tired is. Oh, my God. Oh, goodbye. Please do not make me run down the schedule. Uh, but my thank goodness. you. Thank you so much for filling in. Thank you. No Thank problem. you so much. No problem. Teamwork. Teamwork, right? <laughs> yes. Whatever whatever that's called, yeah. Teamwork. <laughs> so how was your weekend? It was jam packed, but it was fabulous. It it really was. Um you know, tonight's episode is talking about purpose. Right. And mm-hmm. it it was definitely a test of that because it was like all of my purpose and passions and things were just Put on the test. I'll just say it was put on blast. But you know what? It's okay. Because when it's your purpose and you're fulfilling your purpose, it's okay to be a little tired. Yeah, yeah. It, it's okay. It was very rewarding and, you know, all the way up to just a few minutes before the show. So, oh, really? Yes, yes. Oh, wow. Okay, yes. so you need to take an <laughs> exhale moment then. You just need to yes. exhale. Who's Yeah. So yes. how did your um your facial your you got a face a facial peel a chemical peel right? Huh? <laughs> did you, did you I, know what, peel? I know not what lies you tell. <laughs> what? I know what I know not what lies you tell. What does that mean, girl? You know, know what? You're real good about putting people on blast. That is not on blast. I mean, that that's, is on that's blast. Main, oh Jesus! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is on blast, baby. Oh, excuse let's me. Let's, let's back up 20 seconds. Mr. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about your cosmetic, uh, cosmetic procedures of the past. Let's go there. Hey, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind. Oh, yeah. We got to be about my show. Never mind, Dude, That's the whole show. Yeah. Oh, oh Father. Oh, Father. How was your weekend, Will? <laughs> my weekend, um, <laughs> you know, it was, I had planned to have, I had actually planned to have a really, Relaxed. I wanted to have a self. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I wanted to have a self-absorbent weekend. I just wanted to be all about me, but it did not turn out that way. Um, you thought that was gonna happen? That is so. I cute. thought that was gonna happen for some reason. Um, a friend of mine had a stroke, and they had a um, oh, no. a benefit benefit show for for her. Um, so I did some behind the scenes things helping with that. Um, and then I had oh one of my best friends from high school. I had not seen her. Um, probably in about 20 years. She called me um, Saturday. I was out shopping. She called me, and she was like, are you in town? And I was like, yeah. Um, so I thought she was, I knew she was in Texas. I thought she was in Texas, but she was here. Mm-hmm. So we called up. I met her daughter. Her daughter, she had been telling her daughter about me ever since she was a little girl. So she was excited Aww. to see me. So when she saw me, she cried. 
and she called me uncle. Aww. I was like, oh my god. So I posted a picture. I put it on Facebook. Um, so yeah. her daughter's gonna stay here while she goes back to Texas. So she wants me to look out for her, and I was like, okay. So I have, I wanted a son, but you know, God gave me a little, a little make believe daughter to take care of while she's out of Incidentally, town. Incidentally, so. I cry when I see you too. I'm not sure if it's for the same reason. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you after the show about. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> about that. Yeah, you know, you're not Am doing I anything for those that? rumors. <laughs> for those rumors, you're not doing anything for those. But yeah, I'll have a good time. Oh, I did get a chance. Um. Saturday night, well, she, they came over Saturday, um, and then a, a friend of mine invited me, called me and invited me out to go see um, Lunell, the comedian, yes. at the comedy club. So um, I had a good time there. She was funny. She started an hour late. Um, we didn't get out until um, close what? to 1 o'clock, but she was hilarious. So I had a good she time. Wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was supposed to interview her for the show, but she was overly booked. Um, Nikki had tried to set that up. But she was over the book, so that did not happen. But anyway, she was hilarious. Went to church this morning. I cooked because I was going to finish my weekend off with this big, massive dinner for myself. Still did that, but you I kind of so burned selfish. everything. So selfish what? for yourself. Hey. You can't invite people over. No, you know what? Because I'm nope. not waiting on my dinner invitation, but whatever. It's in the mail. It's in the mail. It's coming. <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> But I'm excited to hear, you know, about the other co-hosts, how their weekend was. Um, yes, you know, yes. Things to do. So um, let's go ahead and invite them into the conversation. Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. hello, everyone. How are y'all doing? Hey, Great. hey, hey. Hey. Hey, family. How was y'all weekend? Wonderful. Lots to do. Tons of really? fun, as okay. always. Okay. <laughs> All right, Pam. <laughs> I had a um, great weekend. Liz, you? what were you up to? Um, I came home, you know, got pampered by my parents. Spoiled. That's always great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm scared yeah. to ask Nate. Oh, I had a wonder, an amazing weekend. When I say amazing, God was truly, truly in my weekend. I mean, okay. the weekend started Friday night, and I slept Friday. I slept Saturday. <laughs> no, you did not. Nate. And I would have slept all day Sunday had I had not do the show. But You're I not, tell you, Nate, I told I'm God you. this morning, I said, you are an awesome God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Won't they do it? Mm. Go ahead, Nate. Go ahead. I- I'm gonna need to um, get you to show me how to do that sleep thing. You know, Honey, it's, all the it's days. not hard. It's, it's not, not hard. I can write you a letter tonight, letting you oh, know exactly you. how they do it. Thank I didn't you. Even, look, I didn't even eat all day today. Oh yeah, we gonna have to talk. We we we, <laughs> we gonna have to talk. Sleeping all. Oh, that's so beautiful. I didn't know they could still do that anymore. Lord, yeah, you have to be a special breed. Oh, okay. Just write write me my special, letter so I can get my little A special breed you know. of laziness. Oh, okay. Well, I, mm, mm. I'm going to need to work on that, but but we'll talk about it. Maybe there's a boot camp. Okay, <laughs> yes. And Shay, I think Shay's on the line. Yes. How was your weekend? It was 
good. We went up to Carter Mountain in Charlottesville. Okay. And I realized how old I was and how out of shape oh, okay. I was. But um, other than that, it was fantastic. We ate apple everything, cider donuts, slush. You know, I like to relax on the weekend. So. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds good. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my weekend wasn't as fun as Nate's, but I had company over. <laughs> this is Danielle, by the way. I had company over Saturday, so I did a little social networking event at my house. So that meant I had to be domestic and clean up and prepare Aww. food and all that fun stuff. And um, I don't appreciate those roles anymore, um, <laughs> but I made it happen for Saturday. And okay. around four, I got to go to the play, Things Your Man Won't Do. I met oh, Leon yeah. with his sexy self, and oh, I met Alan Payne yeah. and Essence Atkins, and they took pictures with me. And I was trying to get them to shout me out on social media, but Leon and Alan, they don't use social media. I was like, I know y'all my what daddy's age, but I need you to get it together. They don't have Instagram or Twitter. We're going to need to talk to their agents, honey. Exactly. I was trying to tell them, how you going to shout out Achievable Greatness and you don't have social media? We got to get that together. But I got to take pictures with them. They signed some stuff. So I guess I'll take that for now. The next time they come here with a play, they better have some social media, though, so they can shout me out. But I had a good weekend. Well, well, you know, Danielle, you're good at that. So maybe you can, you know, put a proposal together. You know, I was hustling. I was talking, trying to, I know trying to make some moves for them. Mm-hmm. Hey. <laughs> hey. Help them. Help them. Yes. <laughs> I have one I know, more thing. Um, uh-huh. Oh, I had one more thing happen today that was kind of funny. I was going to exercise because I'm getting big again. I'm eating way too much. Um, that's another story. But I was in Mount Baltimore, and there was these two ladies, and they had these lovely signs, and they asked me if I was a voter. And I said, yes, I am. And they said, are you registered to vote in Virginia Beach? And so I was about to say, no, I need to register. And they said, well, we would love for you to sign a petition for Donald Trump to get on the ballot. And I looked at them and was like, have you lost all of your mind? Oh, fuck. Did you first? (laughs) No, you didn't. (laughs) <laughs> and they were serious with a straight face. Thought I was going to sign some paper. Oh, wow. I was like, mm, y'all need to go try somebody else. Not today. So oh, my. they tried me a little bit, but, you know, yeah. I got my exercise on anyway. Yeah. Okay. Oh, That's it. That was my weekend. Okay. Well, I want to say one other thing I did do during this weekend mm-hmm. that was very, very good for me, as well as for to talk someone related to the topic of this show. Um, I did get to sit down and have an interview with Melanie Dewberry, um, who is a wonderful mm-hmm. life coach. Uh, she deals a lot with women entrepreneurs and really being able to do an exercise called soul naming, um, really trying to silence the voices in your life and just listen to what your spirit has to say. Um, so a lot of just being able to silence the noise, get away from things, and just be reflective and, and, and sort of listen to your spirit. Now, I would like to say I did not do the exercise where for four days you go away somewhere with no food, no water, and no technology because I'm not there yet, um, just not there. Can't tell you I ever will be there. But very interesting, you know, I, I'm working more to just 
eliminate some of my commitments and some of my involvements so that I can just keep things very centered on what really matters. So I did have a woosah moment um, this weekend, Will. Even though it was very busy. Yes, yes. yes. Good. I'm proud of you. Yes. Thank you. But I'm not there with letting go of technology. I'm sorry. Okay. Not not there yet. But I want to get like Nate. I want to have that weekend. What you say, Nate? Friday, Saturday, you would have slept all of Sunday if it was not for the show. See, I I got to get one of them packages. You got to build up to this. This don't come overnight. Oh, okay. See, I thought it was overnight plan. This is years and years of being lazy. Oh, Lord, I that type of time. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'm sorry. See, there was something else I can't do. Well, scratch that. We'll just move right along. <sighs> My goodness. So tonight's show is all about, you know, you always hear people say, you know, follow your passion, answer your call, and know your purpose. But my question has always been, you know, what does that really mean? And what does it look like when you're operating in that? That's always been my question. You know, I've shared with the, the audience, and especially you all, that, in this stage of my life, that's really been pulling on my heart, knowing what in the world is everything that I've been through and currently going through. What does it mean, and how is it working together for my good? Because, you know, that's what the Bible says. All of these things are supposed to be working together for my good. So I've really been on this quest to find out what my – there you go again – to find out what my purpose is and what is the purpose in all of this pain that I'm going through. So we have guests. We have actually some wonderful guests. Um, who are going to be on the show. Um, Mr. Mike Berry is our first guest. Um, He's from Confessions of a Parent. Um, He's going to be on to tell his tips and share his story. We have um, a spotlight interview with Ms. Janelle Stephen. She is the CEO of Camille Rose Naturals. And then we also have my life coach, my personal life coach, uh, Mr. Chuck Carrington of Virginia Beach Coaching and Counseling. And he's going to come on to... um, share some things, and I've also given him permission to talk about a few of the things that he and I have discussed that hopefully will be um, aha moments for other people. So oh, so we're going to be able to put you on blast the way you try no, to put no, me on blast I'm giving at him the end of the show. Specific, specific <laughs> instructions on what he can talk about and what he cannot talk about. Uh, but, um, yeah. Okay, well, but, I was trying to <laughs> Yeah, but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and Mr. Mike Berry is going to be right here in the studio with us. So you're listening to Let's Face It and we'll be right back. This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. disease is the leading cause of death worldwide, and in the U.S. it's related to one in four deaths. Smoking, a sedentary lifestyle, and poor eating habits can increase your risk for a heart attack or stroke. Simple changes can help maintain a healthy heart. If you smoke, quit. If you don't smoke, don't start. Exercise regularly and eat a healthy diet that includes plenty of fruits and vegetables and foods low in saturated fat and sodium. Cardiovascular disease often occurs without warning signs, so regular checkups are important to detect problems before they become life-threatening. Thank you for joining us on A Minute of Health with CDC. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO. 
To fasten your seatbelt, insert the metal fittings and tighten the strap. And in the event of a sudden rush of cabin generosity, your seat cushion can be used to grant wishes. How? By donating your airline miles to Make-A-Wish. Why? Because your frequent flyer account is stuffed as fat as your carry-on. And just like the workout clothes you packed, you're never going to use all those miles. But if you donate some to Make-A-Wish, you can give wishes wings and put sick kids right where you're sitting now. No, not in seats to Newark. Seats to fun family places, breaks from treatments and doctor visits and hospital stays, wishes to feel better, and lots of times get better too. Push your call buttons if you feel me. All righty then. Well, once we reach cruising altitude, you can use your electronic device to make your pledge of miles or money to make a wish at givewisheswings.org. That's givewisheswings.org. And then move about the cabin with pride, knowing that you've made a huge difference in the life of a Make-A-Wish kid. Because wishes work wonders, people. You're listening to Let's Face It, one of the hottest talk radio shows on the web. Are you looking for more exposure for your brand, product, event, or special story? Let's Face It Radio is the place for you. We're also seeking guest experts specializing in sex and relationships, health and wellness, politics, law, spirituality and religion, just to name a few. Looking for low-cost marketing opportunities? Well, look no further. We offer multiple advertising campaigns via website ads or audio commercial opportunities played live during the show. Visit www.letsfaceitradio.com and complete the appropriate contact form for more information. Welcome back to Let's Face It. We have an awesome show planned for you tonight. So I hope that you're able to stay tuned and get something out of the show tonight. Our first guest is Mike Berry, and his wife, Kristen, are the authors of the Adoptive Parent Toolbox and the parents of eight children, all of whom are adopted. They express that their passion is to reach overwhelmed, weary, Stressed out parents all over the globe. With one message, there is hope. You are not alone on this journey. So please help me welcome to the show, Mr. Mike Berry. Hello. Hi, Mike. How are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? Great. Tell us who you are and where you're from and what you do. Well, as you know, as you just uh, said, my name is Mike Berry, and I am from Indianapolis, Indiana, and I uh, am an author, public speaker, and I'm a professional blogger, uh, and primarily our blog is focused on parents, primarily adoptive, foster, and special needs parents, and okay. I've been doing that for about three years. Awesome. Yes, and uh, Mike, this is Alicia Brown. How are you this evening? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. And I did Excellent. read one of I did read one of your posts on your site and uh-huh. it said Hello? Yep. I read a post on your site that talked about how a devastating life experience gave you a new purpose. And could you share yes. the story behind that post? Well, about a year ago, I was uh, let go from my position at a church. I had worked in the church for about 18 years as a pastor, 
uh, and I'm primarily in family life ministry. And I was suddenly, uh, really without warning, uh, released from my position there. And uh, I had already been writing uh, on the side as, as a hobby. And, you know, I really, I, I, when I was let go, I really wrestled, uh, really wrestled with God over where, what I was going to do next, because it, working for 18 years in the church, you know, it's really all I knew in my adult life. And right. uh, so I, I literally, it, just about a year ago, actually, I was just there, I was just in Colorado Springs uh, a few days ago, speaking at the very retreat that I went to a year ago, three weeks, just a couple of weeks after being released. And I literally went up into the mountains uh, of Colorado Springs, and I, I kind of had it out with with the Lord. I, you know, and it was I'm talking shaking my fist in the air, you know, mm. asking God what I should do, you know, what's my next step, and you know, uh, the the big wrestling match was well, I I don't feel like I'm being called to go back to another church and serve as a pastor. I really felt like, you know, what brings me life is to be able to communicate to hurting, broken, stressed out, tired parents around the world, which we had been doing on the side. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I felt like, man, maybe this is what I should be doing full time. The problem with that was that I didn't I wasn't making a dime off of our website because no one pays you just to write words on a page. Right. <laughs> as nice as that would be, you know, as nice as it would be to write a post that, you know, has, you know, a couple thousand hits, nobody pays you a dime for doing that. Um, right, and then the other thing I, is, I just felt like I just want to tra- I want to travel and share a message of hope with the with, you know, parenting groups and, you know, people who just need to hear hope. And the other problem there was that nobody was calling me to speak. So here I am on the side of the mountain trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And the long story short is that I just really felt like when I when I weighed my options, what was really stirring in my heart was to step out in faith and write and speak full-time. And that's what I did uh, just a little over a year ago. And that's really where the post came from, the, the, the heart behind it. I wrote it, I actually published it one year to the day, wow. uh, on the day awesome. uh, that I was let go. So yeah, it's been pretty powerful, and this last year has been absolutely amazing in what has happened in our life and in our, our writing and speaking career. Awesome. Yeah. Always good to hear that. <laughs> yeah, <really>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the silver lining right there. Yes. So it's been a cool journey. It really has. It, it's uh and I can I can elaborate more on that for sure. So how, how has your platform um grown since you decided to jump and pursue what you're passionate about doing? Right. Yeah, well that's and that that's that's a, an important component. Um, when that happened a year ago, and I decided to do this full time, we you know we had probably you know we had about three or four thousand people a month who were reading Confessions of a Parent, and that's pretty good. That's not bad, but that's not nearly where you want to be in terms of readership and and uh, having a following. Um, same with our social media accounts. You know we've had a, a moderate, you know I would say a pretty conservative following. Um, but here's the, the really cool thing. When we, when, when I was on the side of that mountain and I felt like I was being led to do this full time, I was mm-hmm. terrified. I thought, how in the world is this ever going to work? Well, I, by the end of that month, which was October, 2014, 
185,000 people had visited our website. Wow. And yeah. then the following month, November, over 500,000 people had visited our website worldwide in 16 different countries. Um, we were getting, we were receiving emails from parents in Australia and Canada and California and Hawaii and Europe, you know, uh, just saying, wow, I, I, I feel like I've found somebody who knows what I'm going through. So mm-hmm. uh, now here's the thing. We didn't stay on that level. It's not like every month we have a half million readers. That would be awesome. Um, we, we've really landed at about 25,000 readers monthly. Uh, that's that's our average. Uh, so we really kind of went to the mountaintop, and then mm-hmm. we, we we came back down. And and uh, but it's been really cool because not only has that grown, our website grown, but then by the end of January of this year of 2015, I had filled our almost our entire year of speaking engagements. So awesome. I spent the last wow. yeah, it's been absolutely. Wow. I, I can't. I can't, you know, a lot of times I tell people who ask me to, to tell this story, they ask me, you know, well, what about, do you feel like that's really always the case when you step out on faith? And actually, I tend to say, no, it's not. You know, a lot of times exactly. you have to, sometimes you just, sometimes you just have to trust that, that God is holding on to you and you're, he's going to walk with you in the fire. But he might not mm-hmm. necessarily lead you out of the fire. Right. But, I've and he and, and there have been lots of moments where I've had to walk through the fire, but um, you know I've also experienced a lot of success. And I think it's just by saying, "Okay, I'm all in. I'm going to do this." So mm-hmm. I've crisscrossed the country. I mean, I just I get on a plane almost every almost every other week, flying to a different place. Either my either Kristen or myself flying to to speak at their, in different places and and it's it's just been it has been a whirlwind it's, and there's a lot of really really cool things that are happening you know potential to to land a book deal at some point um you know it it the, the list goes on and on and on it, it i really think when you when you choose to follow your passion and your purpose there's a great reward in that um when when you when you do what your heart what's filling your heart up and what what impacts other people there's a reward in that. There's no question, and and I'm living it. I'm living that right now. Hi, Mike. This is Liz. Hey, so, Liz. hey, how are you? I'm doing great. Good. Okay. So, what advice would you offer to someone who has gone through the same experience you have, or is considering a big change in order to find a greater purpose? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the, a person who's gone through what I've gone through, and, and lots of people have, uh, the first thing I would tell them is don't give up. And I know we say that a lot. That's, that's words that we use a lot. And a lot of, you know, maybe listeners may think, well, that's not all that profound. But here's the thing. It's easy to quit. That's the easy road. Uh-huh. It takes work to, it takes work to, to you know, put your, your head down and keep trudging forward takes a lot of work to do that. Don't give up because what you don't realize is that there is there's a, a bigger story being written in your life and you may not be able to see it where you're at, especially if you're in some dark circumstances. Wow. If you're in a situation where you where everything's falling apart, where you feel like mm-hmm. there's no hope, it's hard to see it's hard to see a brighter day. 
and and you may and the next day may not be brighter and the day after that, but there will be there there will be a moment where the clouds lift. You know, I, I often tell people that remember when there when there's a storm, when there are storm clouds, the sun is always shining somewhere. And it's always yeah. it's always shining beyond those clouds. I experienced that a couple of months ago. I was flying out of San Diego. Actually I had connected through Denver. And, you know, if you've flown into Denver, you know that there's a lot of, there's, they always have storms. Always. It's almost a given that there's going to be a storm there. And we were taking off as one of those storms had started, and it was dark, and it was gray, and it was nasty. And as soon as my, my our plane got up above the clouds, there was a beautiful sunset. You couldn't see it because mm-hmm. of the cloud coverage, but it was still there. So don't give up. There is a brighter day. There is hope. For someone who wants to step out and do what what I'm doing, I think the the first thing I would tell uh, a person in that situation is make sure that you have that what you're stepping into is it has some traction. Because oftentimes people have an attitude of, well, I'm just going to go for broke, you know. And what what ends up happening is you end up broke, you know, and you end up frustrated. For us, our platform had already gained some traction. So when I, so that's a vital piece of the story, that when I decided to step out and do this full time, you know, I wasn't stepping into something that did not exist. It wasn't making any money, but it still, we still had a, a following. We had some traction, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's not always the case. Not, not You can't always have that, but... If, if, if at all possible, you need to make sure that what the passion, the dream that you're stepping into has some traction because it could very easily become a nightmare if not. Mike, so, this yeah, is Danielle. Mike, this is Danielle, and I think you made a, a valid point about planning and preparing before you step, in out, step out on that purpose. And that kind of leads yeah. to my next question. What led you and your wife to starting the blog, Confessions of a Parent? You know, uh, we were adoptive parents. We've adopted all eight of our children are adopted, and we have a big heart for parenting. But we also have a big heart for adoptive and foster parents. We we're also foster parents for nine years, uh, and we we have a huge heart for reaching uh, overwhelmed and stressed out people because we've mm-hmm. been there before. We understand what we understand how hard it is as a parent to. To be, we understand how hard it is to be a parent. We understand that, man, it can take the life out of you. It is one of the greatest blessings in the world, but it can also be really, really overwhelming and defeating. And uh, you talk about purpose. Sometimes, sometimes you just feel like you don't have a purpose. And we understand. We've been there. So we really created confessionsofaparent.com, which is our blog. We created it to to be that that arm around a parent's shoulder, you know, a virtual arm around your shoulder to say, listen, listen, I know how hard this is. Our our approach is we don't want to try to, to solve all all of your issues because we know that that really can't happen. We just want you, we want to be a voice that says we understand, we, we know, listen, you can get through this. You can get through this because we've gotten through this. We've been in that trench and we understand what you're going through. And that's really the heartbeat behind Confessions of a Parent. That's why we we launched it in 2012. So it's, that's our heartbeat. 
Amazing. I, I appreciate the statement you're making as a parent. I have a daughter who um, has mental health issues, and I noticed that there's no community really uh, for parents to kind of have that support. So it sounds like your, bo- your blog provides a supportive community of parents to allow them um, to have access to each other, to, to network, to mentor, to grow, to engage. Um, what are some of the topics you explore uh, for parents on the blog? Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. We That is really what we, we strive to be as, as an online support. You're a parent of a child with special needs. And so we spend a lot of time. We're also parents of, of children, too, of a few of our children have special needs, and we are we're in that trench. So we spend a lot of time talking about, you know, finding rest. You know, when you're a ch- when mm-hmm. you're parenting a child with special needs, you're exhausted, mm-hmm. which you would know. You know, you understand how how exhausting that is. So we spend a lot of time saying, "Hey, listen, um, here's we know how hard it is. Here's some things. Here's some things that we've done to to help us find rest." Here's some ways that we've built a support system. Um, when it comes to adoption and foster care, we speak a lot to parents. We write a lot of posts that have to do with, you know, understanding why, you know, a child who's gone through trauma, who has been adopted from a traumatic past, reacts to this, this situation or that situation. A um, lot, of, lot of how-tos on... Um, you know, understanding the system because, as you know, the foster mm-hmm. care system is is a very, very uh, can be a very backward system and a, and a very uh, at times dark system. So, mm-hmm. spend a lot of time, a lot of words, uh, just just being open and honest. That's a that's a big deal. As you, I mean, our blog is called Confessions of Parents, so we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna do what we can to be honest and. Uh, that's really what we spend our time doing. You know, I would say 95% of our material is uh, is geared towards let's just talk honestly mm-hmm. and openly about some of the struggles that we face as parents. And, you know, you did mention, Mike, that parenting is hard enough. But then yeah. both you and your wife have eight adoptive children of diverse backgrounds, ethnic groups, and unique challenges. So one can only imagine how difficult that must be. And can you tell us how and why did you choose this interesting path eight times? Oh, boy, I tell you what, that's the million-dollar question right there. (laughs) (laughs) Every time someone's asking that question, I'd be multi-millionaire. No, we are are a very interesting family. If you've seen any of uh, the pictures uh, of our our family online, which I, I'm sure you probably have. Um, yes. <laughs> we are, we're a multi-generational family. We're a multi-racial family. Uh, and we love it. We absolutely love it. I love every single one of my kids. I see, you know, I don't see race. I don't see, you know, any, I don't see any of that when I look at my family. Um, we just, we absolutely love, we, it's because of our heart for humanity. You know, we love, mm-hmm. we, we just think, we think that, that God has made human beings in his image, and, man, let's celebrate it. So our path in ado- with adoption, act- interestingly enough, I resisted uh, 15 years ago uh, when we first talked about it. I, I, My wife looked at me, Kristen looked at me, and said, I think we should adopt. 
And uh, I said, no, <laughs> no, we're not, that's not what we're going to do. And the reason for that is because I uh, I came from a family of where everybody uh, was born the old-fashioned way. You know, it was mm-hmm. everybody was a biological child. Nobody adopted. No, no was no uh, nobody fostered. So I didn't really understand that. It wasn't that I was against adoption. It was just that I didn't understand it. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, here here's the thing. What my wife did. Somebody, uh, uh, an older woman looked at her at one point as we argued and fought over this, and an older woman looked at her and said, you need to stop fighting for him. Just start praying for him and just praying for his heart. And that's what she did. Mm. And my heart changed. And uh, it, that's the, that's the, literally the story goes that my heart changed. And we, in 2002, we brought our, our daughter Jayla home. She was adopted. The moment she was born, she was placed in our arms. Mm. And uh, she... Uh, She's yeah. She's the rest is history. That's I look at it now like there's no way I could never have written a a, a better story for our life than wow. uh, than the story that's been written. And uh, what are the age ranges for your children? Because in the photos are, there yeah. is a, a diverse group. <laughs> oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. Nobody can ever figure out. In fact, um, the joke we were just recently in a, at a video shoot in, in Nashville. Um, our, our, cause we were actually, our blog is being overhauled and it's going to, uh, launch brand new site launch on October 20th. And when we were down there shooting for that, one of the people shooting, uh, filming looked at us and said, now they've asked the same question just asked. And they said, because I'm getting like the sister wives vibe here because there's like you and there's two <laughs> older women, there's three older women, which one's the wife, which one is the daughter? <laughs> Well, said, yeah. Okay, well, let, let me. You, yeah, you see what I'm saying, right? You look at it, and you're like, I don't get this. So our, yeah. so here's the thing. Our new, fo- our brand new photo shoot that we just took a couple of months ago or a couple of weeks ago actually has cleared all that up. So Good. the the age range, yeah, the the age range is the youngest. Uh, the youngest is six. That's our son Sam, and our oldest daughter Rachel is 29. So it's six, seven, oh, and eight. Wow. It's uh. Uh, 12, 13, and 14, and then our daughter Crystal is 24, our daughter Rachel is 29. So we we have parented all ages uh, and seasons of children in our brief 14-year parenting career. So, Wow. <laughs> we're wow. an interesting group. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for allowing us this opportunity to, yeah. you know, get a glimpse into what it is that you do, you know, what your talk is all about. We really appreciate yeah. you for coming on. So how yeah. can our listeners keep up with you and your journey? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and hey, it's, I, I'm honored to be here with you guys. It's been fun. Thank you. Thank um, you. Yeah, so my, our, our blog is confessionsofaparent.com. And uh, our they can also follow us on our, our Facebook page is Confessions of a Parent as well. And then my Twitter is at It's Mike Berry. And that's how they can follow us there and uh, – uh, that's pretty much the uh, we we also have Instagram and and uh, all those other social media outlets, um, but primarily we we hang around Facebook and and Twitter and then our blog site. So so and we would love to interact with uh, readers. We we make it a point to always respond to emails. Uh, we we do our best to always respond to tweets or, or Facebook posts. So definitely connect with us. We would love to answer any questions you have on parenting or purpose and passion or. Adoption, foster care, that's what we do. Great. Perfect. 
Well, thank Perfect. you so much again for coming on the show, and we definitely will yeah. keep you in, keep in contact yes. with. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, th- thanks so much for having me. You're thank welcome. You. Have a great night. All right, you too. Thank you. Thanks. Oh, well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. That was really good, right? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we have some more coming up. We have Chuck Carrington coming up to speak on passion and purpose. So you stay tuned to Let's Face It Radio. is National Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, and Transgender LGBT Month. This month is intended to encourage honesty and openness about being LGBT. First celebrated in 1994 to coincide with National Coming Out Day, this month has evolved to include a more diverse range of people identifying as LGBT. On June 26, 2015, the Supreme Court issued a decision in Obergefell v. Hodges, holding that same-sex couples have a constitutional right to marry in all states. As a result, more same-sex couples will be recognized as married for purposes of determining entitlement to Social Security benefits or eligibility for Supplemental Security Income SSI payments. We're working closely with the Department of Justice to develop and implement policy and processing instructions to implement the June 26, 2015 Supreme Court decision. As we have additional information, we'll update our website and issue instructions to our staff. You can read more about important information for same-sex couples at www.socialsecurity.gov slash people slash same-sex couples. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty. Something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. The human voice. It can be sweet as music. Powerful as thunder. And so, my fellow Americans. Cheerful as laughter. But for millions of people, it can also be a sign of COPD. This serious lung disease can make it so hard to breathe, you often can't catch a breath or finish a sentence, let alone carry a tune. And many who have COPD don't even know it. That's where your voice comes in. If you think you or a loved one have symptoms, talk with a health care provider. Early diagnosis can mean better treatments and quality of life. Join us in raising our voices for the millions of COPD who can't. Learn more, read better at NIH.gov.
Welcome back to Let's Face It. I'm your host, Will Strayhorn. And next in our studio, we have Mr. Chuck Carrington. Chuck Carrington, he's somewhat very special to me because he is my personal life coach. Chuck Carrington is the clinical director at Virginia Beach Coaching and Counseling, where he provides relationship enhancement coaching for couples and individuals. His specialty is helping others to find the hurt behind relationship conflict and help couples learn to communicate. Chuck was educated at Regent University. He holds several master's degrees, including counseling and human services, and he is currently completing a Ph.D. in counseling at Old Dominion University. Chuck spent two decades working in foster care field, hosting over 100 kids in his home, trained hundreds of foster parents, and led foster care agencies, where he established an expertise in parenting and healing of wounds to the heart and soul. His current mission in life is to bring affordable counseling and professional life coaching to as many people in the Tidewater area as possible through innovative programs and nonprofit counseling. He is the man that God actually sent to me, I truly believe this, to help me along my path to purpose. So please help me welcome to the show my personal life coach, Mr. Chuck Carrington. Chuck, how are you? I'm great, Will. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for coming on to the show. Um, I wanted to start with the show, your segment, with asking you, is there a difference between life coaching and therapy? You know, I get that question so often you think I'd have a better answer, but I'm going to try. That has <laughs> been argument between coaches and counselors for a long time, and because I do both, I have to argue with myself. Um, the skills are basically the same. So when it's properly applied, they're both the same. But here's the main difference. Coaching is about discovering things about yourself to propel you forward towards goals or to self-actualize. Where therapy, even though it does that, is more about uncovering past uh, hurts, roadblocks, and looking for healing so that you can then move forward. So a lot of coaches like to say that if you're well, you want coaching. If you're ill, you need a counselor. I don't quite you know, subscribe to that, but that's kind of a good way to uh, to divide it. Okay. Okay. That makes, that, does that make does that, does that make sense to you? I mean, yeah. that's that's yeah. how I to the clients. That does make yeah. That does make sense to me. It does. Okay. Yeah. Hey, this is Nate. Hey, how you doing, Nate? I'm really great. For our listening audience, could you explain why would a person need a life coach? Sure. Um, coaching uh, really is uh, a way to to uncover your purpose, find the passions in your life, and like I said earlier, to propel you. I was thinking about what Mike was saying earlier about being on the mountainside. I love his testimony. He's on the mountainside, and he's talking about what in the world God has for him. Coaching helps you uncover that answer. It's really an opportunity to look within and look without and discover what it is that's holding you back and the opportunity is going forward. So when people seek coaching, it's not usually because they're they're not well. They're usually to, looking to enhance. So, you know, for couples, we do things like we help teach people how to communicate more effectively. Uh, for people in careers, they might be trying to figure out how do they, how do they find a passion and follow that. Uh, parents, sometimes it's, okay, I love my kids, but they're driving me crazy. Uh, what can I do different? So people seek coaching for a lot of reasons. And I usually suggest to people we all have coaches whether we know it or not. 
when you go to your friends and you ask for advice, what do you ask them to do? They're coaching you on, they're giving you advice. Uh, right. Coaching is a lot like that, only it's specific, it's targeted, it's a skill set, um, and it's really there to align with you in purpose. Everybody needs it from time to time. Right. So true. And Chuck, this is Alicia. Hey, you know, Alicia. we. He- Hi, how are you? I'm good. <laughs> You know, we always hear people say, follow your passion, find your purpose, and accept your calling. Um, But for so many people, they struggle with what does that really mean and how do I get there? Um, How would you advise us on that? Well, um, you know, being a Christian, I I perceive from a Christian paradigm, not all my clients are, but this is how I look at it. You know, God promised us that he would give us the, the passion of our heart, the desire of our heart. But we sometimes wonder what that means. So I take my clients, I have them look at what is it you've been doing your entire life? There's always going to be a thread through your life that ties you to your passion, whether you know it or not. Whatever your purpose by God, you've been doing Mm -hmm. in some way throughout your entire life. So the Mm -hmm. trick to find that passion is to take your life and examine it and see what it is that you really do. Um, quick example, for me, you know, I, 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 some of my students, I teach over at Old Dominion, and some of my students said, man, Mr. Carrington, you've had an awful lot of jobs. Yeah, I did when I was younger. I did have a lot of jobs because I use them as examples. And I said, but you know what? I really only had one job, and that was to mentor people because I've been doing yeah. that since high school. I can go back to even grade school and see where I would try to align with kids that were needy and try to help them because it was a passion of my heart. Um, in high school, I was the go-to guy. Um, when I was at work, I, I would train people. I always feel that it, it makes my heart bloom to see people improve and change on their own. And as I looked at the thread in my life, I realized it's mentoring. That's right. my. But I had to look at it and say, what are these things I'm doing? What do they all have in common? What's that common denominator? That's how you decide what that passion and that purpose really is. Well, Hi, Chuck. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. Hey, so how does one know the difference between their calling and their passion, or is there even a difference between the two? I think that if we really get down to it, I think it's one and the same. A calling is your purpose. Your passion is the emotion that you feel from accomplishing that purpose. So I think that they're one and the same. It's just one's an emotional and maybe the other one's more of a verb. Um, uh-huh. But when mm-hmm. you're about something uh, in your life and you've been doing it, whether you know it or not, intentionally or not, that is your calling. Because the calling that God puts on us is in our heart from birth. He created us with a purpose. So we're always purposing forward. And so if you're passionate about something... That's got to give you a clue as to what your calling is. Mm-hmm. People don't always recognize that. Um, one of my housemates is an extremely talented singer. And if I was to ask him what his passion is, he says, I love it. But if I asked him what his calling was, he would say, I don't know. Well, mm-hmm. because he sings in church and he, and he really likes to pour his voice into people to make them emote, I'd say that his calling is to make people feel and maybe connect towards God or connect towards their emotions. So his calling is to 
help people to connect with themselves. But he might not see that yet. He's still young. Oh. Wow. Okay. This is Danielle, and I'm listening, and I'm kind of like ingesting your words because it's making me think about my my own situation and, and my passions and my purpose, and um and how they kind of align. Um, do you think that passion, purpose, and calling all have to align, or can they be discovered at different times in your life? Well, I do think they align. However, I think you, you hit on an important point. I don't think that anyone really knows their calling, their passion, their purpose in its entirety at any one point. I think we discover mm-hmm. pieces of it as we grow and we mature and as we consider. We start to get glimpses. Um I was talking to Will the other day, and we were talking about you know, what it's like to be on a mountaintop versus in a valley when you're going right. through life. We all have those, those different times in life. Sometimes we're, we're on the mountaintop and we can see so far, we think, I can get there. When we get down in the valley, you can't see very far. When you're in the desert, you can only see your uh-huh. circumstances. But sometimes in life, things aren't uh, clear to us because uh-huh. we're dealing with circumstance or we have limited vision. What Mike said earlier about taking off in a, I've flown out of Denver enough times to know what it's like. It's horrifying. Um, but when you get above the clouds, it can be beautiful. You don't know it, but the beautiful sunset is just beyond your vision. I think that was a really great way of illustrating the difference between uh, seeing in the moment but also trusting that it's there. Well, Chuck, this is Will. I have a, I have a, a little question. Well, question slash comment based on um, Danielle's question. So I know in our sessions I had the biggest aha moment when you discussed that um, the thread that has really been there throughout when I was a little boy playing teacher with my kid, my my, my siblings, all the way through um, life when I was working for Mazzani, um, teaching people and um, doing other. Uh, things in my salon, teaching people, makeup students and things like that. Um, and you helped me reveal that my um, my calling, my passion is actually in teaching. And that's pretty much why I have such a love for the show, because in so many ways we educate, inspire, and empower people here. So um, I just wanted to ask you, I never asked you this in our sessions, I was a little embarrassed, um, but I wanted to ask you now, is it uncommon for people, because I'm 44, I'm 44. Is it uncommon for people my age to still be struggling at what they were put here on earth to do? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was for Chuck. Go ahead. <laughs> I, because it's always bothering me. I, I, I've seen people, um, and we've talked, I've seen people operating the gifts, and unfortunately I would get such a feeling of of envy, really, because um, it, was, it was a very apparent what they were put here to do, and for so long I've struggled. Well, even though other people can clearly tell me what I was put here to do or what they feel my purpose is, I've never felt it or believed it myself. Until you pointed out that um, the example of the string that has gone through my life throughout my you know entire life. So it's, is it uncommon? It's not uncommon? I remember that conversation we had, and it, it is an aha moment. I had the aha moment when I learned about that um, that idea myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's I think it's not only is it uh normal, I think it's common. Uh especially uh the older we get, we start looking back at our lives and we start to see more. And yeah. we start to understand. I think wisdom comes with uh with age. And right. not that forty four is very old when you're sitting at my side of uh you know, <laughs> uh 
44. <laughs> I, I would go back to 44. But um, I still think that it's, it's, you know, in the prime of your life, you've got wisdom, you've got talents, you have experience, you have all kinds of uh, new tools to manage the world, and so it opens up more opportunity. But, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of feel like they're floating through life, and they feel like, you know, a midlife crisis. I'm looking back, what have I done? And right. they think ticking, but in reality, they've been doing their purpose. They just haven't recognized it. When you, when you get the aha moment, it's not because you just discovered your talent. It's you've discovered a new way of viewing your talent, and you now have uh-huh. an re-energized vision of the talent that you've already probably been doing because you've been teaching people in some way or another your whole life. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I get great pleasure from it. I get a lot of pleasure from it. Yeah, and all we had to do is put a label on it, and then your vision uh, uh, attained some clarity that you didn't have before that. Exactly, exactly. Well. Um, this is Shay, and I want to do that. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay. I was just teasing. I was just telling Will that uh, now that I answered that form, I get to bill him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really glad that Will asked that question. This is Shay, and um, from that question, I wanted to know how how could you convey to somebody, or what how would you describe the feeling to say somebody knows they're living out their purpose and passion? Does it feel different? Does it look different? Good question. That is a great question. Uh, maybe I can make it, but it'll sound good. Uh, okay. <laughs> actually, I think that I think when you're living your passion, you have a sense of uh, accomplishment that is, um, I hate to use the word thrilling, but I can't think of a better word off the top of my head. You feel it emotionally. This is what I'm good at. This, is, this gives me energy. Um, you know the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is an introvert feels energized when they're uh, when they're by themselves. An extrovert feels energized around people. I think it works the same with your passion. When you're when you're working in your passion or you're in your flow type uh, situation, you become energized and you want to do more of it. Uh, th- that's a passion. Feel that way about what you're doing. You're probably uh, not doing it right or you're burned out from the environment, but that's not passion. Passion is always exciting, even when it's hard work. I have a a follow-up question. I think that's very true. I saw a great meme, and it talked about when you are um, working in something that's not your passion, it's stress. But when you're working in something that is your passion, that that you're supposed to be doing, that's your passion. So if you're feeling stressed out, that's probably not what you're meant to do versus when you're doing what you were meant to do, you just feel that passionate energy. Yes. Um, on the other side of that, what are some of the things that you've seen that keep people from living in their purpose and their passion? I think that people get caught up in the everyday grind of life and they let the urgencies of life rob them of the joys that they could have if they would attend to the important to you are the things you're passionate about. Your family, your kids, relationships, your mission in life, those are important. But we tend to, in our busy, busy age right now, we tend to look at all the urgent things. And I think that 
robs us of the energy that we need to pursue what's important. So if somebody was unhappy in their work, and I think all work matters, and I think all work matters to God for that, you know, I think that anything that you do has, has merit and value. But if you're not happy with it, then you're probably in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing, but you're probably not purposed improperly. I, I spent my youth in retail, so I can tell you that, you know, there's there's places where you have to pay dues that you don't feel like you have a purpose. But when I look back at it, I realize all those things work together, as the scripture says, you know, in, in Romans, it says all things work together to good to those who love God. It doesn't right. mean all things pleasant, but it means all things combined together to propel you in the direction that will be good for you. So sometimes we're in a desert, we're not doing what we want, maybe we're in the wrong place, or maybe we're in a climate. But I usually think that if I'm in a desert, I'm going to want to get out of it. So what can I do differently? That's what a coach is for. We help you to identify where it is you would like to go, where it is you should go, what are the obstacles in your way, and what are the steps you need to take to move. Um, Basically, it's like being blindfolded in a forest. If you don't have someone to guide you out, you can't get out. So what we do as coaches is we, first of all, we try to get the blindfold off, then we try to get you oriented, then we take you by the hand and say, let's take a few steps this way and see how that works for you. If you're stuck... So, Chuck... Yes, go ahead. For someone who is desperate to to even find that purpose, to who's on this quest that really, really wants it, what assessment should they take? Well, there are assessments. Uh, this is Nate, right? Yes. Okay, Nate, I thought I recognized your voice. Um, there are assessments that you can take. Um, one of the things I like to use is what's generally called a DISC, D-I-S-C, D-I-S-C, DISC assessment. You can get them free online. It tells you what your personality is like. If you're a person of faith, there are spiritual gift assessments you can take. Um, you can do a Myers-Briggs. There are a lot of different psychometric tests that can be used. I use some of them. Um, a lot of them you can get online for free, so that's kind of cool. Um, but really it's about knowing you. So it depends on what you're purposing towards. I would say if you're in ministry, what are your spiritual gifts? That would be a good place to start. If you're trying to connect with people, what is your personality? So there are a lot of assessments, um, and there's just too many of them to go into in detail. And coaches use a lot of tools for assessments. We like tools. And then once once you've gotten, once you've done this assessment, and you personally figure, fig, so basically that's just to figure out what your personality type is or what it right. is that you like to do, correct? Exactly. So once you've done that and say, for instance, you've figured out what the purpose is, discover, how does one proclaim it? How does one proclaim their vision or their purpose? Their their purpose. Have you ever thought of your worldview, Nate? I mean, we all have this worldview, a perfect world in our head, that we think that's the way life ought to be. Mm-hmm. Well, you, if you consider that worldview as a thought bubble over your head, like a cartoon, when things fit into the worldview bubble, they're good. When things don't fit, they're not good for you. So that's the first thing to do is you need to be able to clearly see that thought bubble so you have something to gauge decisions by. Once you've done that then and you've decided what goes in that thought bubble, then you can say, okay, this is my vision for life. 
this is where I will be happy. This is what I want to attain. It's your ideal worldview. And to tell you what we do is establish your ideal worldview, and then we start moving you towards it. So once you have that, you can now articulate. It's like uh, what uh, Will said a few minutes ago. He never realized he was a teacher before, but he obviously is a teacher, and now that he sees it, he can say, I am purpose towards teaching, and he can cast that vision. Right. So you have to worldview and see what fits in, and then we put some labels on things so that you can name it. Once you've named something, you have some power over it. Exactly. Well, so this is Danielle again, and I've been listening um, as you were talking and thinking about my from personal situation with I realized what my purpose was, but I was kind of stuck and didn't want to fulfill it because I was scared, and I had a heart attack that caused me to be um, out of work and, and have time to focus on that purpose, and it's been growing since then. And and that leads to my question. It took a health issue for me to make the transition, but what would be some steps that other people can take to transition outside of having something health-related happen to them to make them kind of make that shift to work in their purpose? You know, earlier when Mike was talking about he got fired from his job or lost his job at the church after so many years, it forced him into considering where he was at. That's mm-hmm. not the thing more often than not. Uh, if you if you suddenly find yourself bereft of what you're used to, you have to start taking stock of your life. Uh, sometimes God will take things away to purpose us towards something, I believe. Uh, yes. We could be very intentional. Uh, going back to school and things like that to discover what else is out there is sometimes a good first step for people. Um, sometimes we just need to sit down and, and begin to do that, that careful planning. I like to use a pro and con list with my clients. It's actually a four-sided pro and con list, that, um, or I don't know if you've heard of them, a SWOT analysis. and It looks at your strengths and your mm-hmm. weaknesses and your opportunities and your threats, and it uses and those are external and internal uh, considerations in your life, and we start to balance them together and say, well, there's a threat here, but how can we take that threat and maybe use your strengths to overcome it? Well, how can we take your uh, opportunities and exploit them and your weaknesses? How do those weaknesses play into your threats? So we start taking stock of your life and break it down into very digestible little chunks. And when you do that, you start to get excited because you start to realize your own potential, and that's the goal. You need to see inside yourself the potential that you have. And it's really not hard. It just takes someone to guide you because it's it's a big thing if you try to bite it off all at once. But if you take little meaningful chunks, uh, you can find very quickly that you become motivated, your energy goes up because you now have a reason to act. Well, and that's yeah. a whole lot more painful than losing your job or having a health issue or a divorce or something else with your other common motivators and change. Yeah. And Chuck, as um, Will mentioned earlier, you spent decades working in the uh, foster care field as well as hosting over 100 children in your own home. Um, from your experience, how much of a factor have things that happened in one's childhood un- and sometimes unknowingly been the root that caused them to sort of hold back from certain things in their adult life? Well, my experience with foster care, of course, I got to see a very, you know, uh, ugly side of life, and so I realized, you know, the behavior of foster children is so normal for them, but we don't see it as normal. Um, right. You know, unfortunately, 
people think that behavior is all about um, will, when the behavior has a purpose, and that is it's a way of emoting and and uh, reflecting your feelings, expressing yourself, especially when you're young. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of times when children have a deficit in their life, either a love deficit or a nurture deficit, or maybe they don't have pro-social support, uh, what happens is they become very cautious and withdrawn, or they become very controlling, or they become very jaded. And so as they go into life, they don't trust. Children mm-hmm. are naturally very trusting. That's the first lesson of life is can we trust mom to feed us and care for us. When they don't have trust in their life, it jeopardizes the entire path that the child is on. And so many adults that I work with today, the, the root of their issues, whether it's conflict in marriage or their job or life purpose, is really in that trust issue. Can I trust the world? Can I trust my spouse? If I let people know what happened to me, are they still going to love me? Mm-hmm. These are the questions that hold us back. And so even though coaching is not about going back to the past, we do that. It's just right. when I'm counseling, I go to the past a lot. When I'm coaching, I go to the past when I must uh, because we're not there to dig up the past. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. look at the past if we want to overcome it. Absolutely. Mm. Chuck, if someone were to say to you, I don't have a passion, what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I would disagree with them. I think that I I have ways of asking them, but I usually uh, would advise it by saying, tell me three people, actors, uh, characters in a book, people that you know, whoever, that have influenced your life. And most people can name three. Mm -hmm. And then I Tell me why that person's exciting to them, influencing them. And from those three people, we'll start that thread. And they start to show me their passion. And I can put my finger out and say, that is the thread running through your life because they're special to you because that trait is important to you, and that is your passion. And you can do that with books or movies or anything else. Uh, whatever people are excited about, whatever they're a fan of, usually connects to their passion. Mm. Gotcha. Good point. Interesting. Yeah. Excellent point. So, Shay, um, Chuck, can you tell us about your practice? I've been there. You know, I'm there every week. Tell us about your practice. Um, who do you normally help, and how can some of our listeners find out more about what you do and get in contact with you? Um, we do a lot of things. The easiest way to find out what we do is to go to the website. Um, you can go the long route and type it out at virginiabeachcoachingandcounseling.com. I've got a shortcut. Uh, it's VBCC, Virginia Beach Coaching Counseling, dot .co. .com was taken. I couldn't afford it, so dot .co. Um, but it's a shortcut to the website. It talks about a lot of things we do because we don't just do coaching. We do parent training. We do all kinds of stuff. Or if you'd like to email... That's the easiest way. Uh, VBCC at Outlook.com. That'll go right to uh, my main mailbox where we distribute everything to the other practitioners. And we'd be happy to stay in touch with you. You can come in and see us. Um, I always uh, consult for free. That way people get to test drive what we do before they buy. And and we try to keep it reasonable. So if anybody's interested, if you're in Tidewater, uh, we also do it online um, through video. We have video codes for those who are out of the area. Oh, wow. Right. Yes. Wow, well, Chuck, that's cool. Thank you so 
much. You've given us a lot of information. Thank you so much for coming on to the show, and hope we can have you back on again in the future. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. You guys have a great evening. You, you too. too. You Thank too. You. Lots of good information. Yeah, that was great information. Yeah, that was great. Yes. So we're coming up to our final guest, Shay. I want to introduce uh, Janelle Steffen. What happened was to address the ongoing issues of dryness, slow growth, and to improve the overall health of natural curly and textured hair types. Uh, Janelle Stevens, a vegan mother of five and holistic health enthusiast, developed and launched her first line of hair, skin, and body care products with the debut of Camille Rose Naturals. Stevens created products that she knew were safe, gentle, and that she could trust to use on her youngest of children, but that would still give textured hair moisture while improving health and growth. Please help us welcome to the show Janelle Stevens. How are you, Janelle? Hi, thank you. It's thank good you for to have you this evening. Yes. Absolutely. I'm excited to be here. Can you go ahead and tell us about Camille Rose products? What is it that makes the product so ideal? Well, we are definitely an ingredient-based company. We are uh we consider ourselves like a gourmet type of uh, foodie hair blend. Um, A lot of ingredients that we use you can find in the grocery store. So, for example, um, our Almond Jai Twisting Butter, which is our top seller, um, we use real almond milk in there, Um, coconut milk, real honeys, um, avocados, so we wanted to just create a um, beauty type of um, hair and body uh, products that are safe enough to put on your body as well as in your body. Okay. Wow. Danielle, this is Danielle. And Hi, Danielle. I'm very interested in your products because they sound like something I need to have in my locks, definitely. Um, but my question is, where did the name Camille Rose originate from, and what's the significance of the name? Well, Camille Rose, I wanted something, um, I wanted to dedicate something to my uh, grandmother, of course. She loved roses. Um, she had a yard full of uh, red roses, so um, my silhouette, the only color that I wanted was the rose. So on the day of her uh, funeral, she died in the winter. Uh, she lived until she was 99. Beautiful um, skin, complexion was still mm. clear, no wrinkles. Her legs were amazing, tone. Wow. And so um, it was one rose uh, that was bloom, and my aunt, uh, looked over and she was like, "Oh my God, that rose is full bloom." Now this is this is in the winter time, and she said, "I'm going to take that as a sign that Mom has made it into heaven." So that rose signifies um, my grandmother and Camille. That name just came to me after praying and and doing a, meditating about uh, the company. I wanted something that sounded kind of vintage and elegant 
And um, I don't know. I was driving on the highway late one night, and it just came to me, Camille Rose. So I called um, my sister and my girlfriend, and I was like, Camille Rose, how does that sound? Mm-hmm. And um, they said, I like it. I said, I think that's it. That's the name of my brand, Camille Rose. <laughs> it's very like a modern-day sophisticated. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. And, Janelle, this is Alicia. I wanted to ask you, how did you get started in the beauty and hair care business, especially since tonight we're talking about purpose? How did you know that's what you wanted to do? You know, I didn't. I'm actually a therapist. My husband is a oncologist, so we're both okay. in the healthcare field. Um, I owned a home health agency, and, of course, he uh he had his own practice and working in the hospital. And so he would come home. Um, You know, I started having babies and he would come home after work and talk about how he had to actually go to the books because they're getting like weird types of cancers, the kind that are Mm. making them go to the books is so rare in younger Mm. and younger patients. And even um, my patients, like 35 years old, and you're you're needing home health because you had a stroke. So all that was like, I don't know, it was scary to me. And I remember asking him um, about, um, do you think it's it's environmental? And he said, I really do. I think so. And I'm, you know, I'm from Louisiana, so I'm like, oh my God, is it that seafood we're eating? What is it? And um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that was a turning point for me. And I started, uh, I actually started with my diet first, um, okay. eliminating things out of my diet. Yeah. And, and, and for my children, my family, I went vegetarian first. Um, and then, of course, my babies started having severe eczema and mm. just bleeding eczema and nothing, nothing helped. No um, dermatologist that I brought them to helped at all. And I w- remember wa- watching Oprah, and um, there was a dermatologist to the stars there. So I told my husband, I'm flying my babies there. I don't care what it costs. I have to get them there because I had these cute little kids with no people would not want to touch them because their uh, legs and forms would, would mm. bleed. And wow. so, with, yeah, it was amazing. I, the, the man, he, he was Dr. Willis, and oh God rest his soul, he's dead today. But he did something so simple. I was floored. He eliminated things out of their diet, and he eliminated uh, products. And he told me, he said, label read everything. Make sure you're label reading. Within mm. two weeks, my children's skin was clear i was like what yeah um and i was pouring ringworm medicine down their throat thinking it was a ringworm and buying Mm -hmm. products that was on the market and nothing worked until i went to him and it was simply diet eliminating a ton of sugar um you know making sure our products was free and clear um and i remember in target turning over labels and Googling those ingredients that you couldn't pronounce 
And I was like, oh, my God, that is it. I'm making everything. So I took mm. to the Internet and started ordering a ton of ingredients. I, I had no idea um, I was going to be even on this path. I'm just trying to heal my children. Right. <laughs> and um, so I, I made this amazing, I swear, this diaper rash cream worked like magic. And I brought it to a compound, and he, he formulated it for me. And I told my husband, I was like, oh, my God, the diaper rash is gone. Come look at this. And so um, I, I told him, I said, I have to, like, put this, offer this to people because this is amazing. I can't believe it. So I, I um, contacted a, a chemist, and uh, it was actually a lab. And he, um, I, don't, I didn't understand what he was saying. So I, I hung up the phone, and I got discouraged. I was like, oh, never mind. So actually ye- two years had passed before Camille Rose was created. I was just just making it and keeping it for us. And then I started giving it out, and people started wanting more and more of, you know, my hair and and my body creams. And, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to come up with a name. I'm going to start this company and see where it goes. And, And that's it. That's how Camille Rose was born, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, since, you know, we know the natural hair lines, the natural, you know, product lines, there's so many. Um, Was there anything, you know, as you were having this passion and you were inspired to share these products that work for your family with other people, um, were there certain obstacles that you faced as far as competition is concerned? None, because of the fact that... um, it was it wasn't about a hairstyle for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that whole natural everybody was wearing their hair natural. I didn't know that was going on because we were we lived in Louisiana, Lafayette, Louisiana, so it's like a smaller area. Um that's mm-hmm. the natural craze hit later. I didn't know in the larger cities um everyone was wearing their hair natural. I'm just trying to live naturally and create total wellness for us. And so when I'm creating my formulas, I'm going to give us the best. And so I think that's Mm. why my brand is is in the top five. I'm like, oh, my God, are you serious? I'm Camille Rose is is being – it's it's up there with Shea Moisture and Carol's daughter. I'm like, and Camille Rose, like I'm in the top five. And I think it's because I didn't create a hair product just to sell. I created products for us, so I'm giving us the best. So I think people are saying, oh, my God, my hair is so moisturized for days. Um, These are all my formulas. I refuse to let a lab uh, change anything. Now, that was an obstacle. Let me take that back because the lab did not believe in natural. They didn't want it. They thought that, oh, my God, no, you don't have to do this. You know, here's something synthetic or just put a a, a dab of this ingredient mm-hmm. in there, you know. And I said, no, I'm not. I can't change my formula at all. So what they made me do, a, a lot of labs didn't take me. Um, uh. One lab <laughs> I met, he was like, I'll help you out, you know, I'll help you out. 
And so he was like doing me a favor until he we grew. And then he was like, wait a minute, I have to pay attention to you, your company now. But, um, yeah, I had to. What he made me do was purchase every ingredient that was in my products and ship it to them. He would not invest in my company at all. Mm. So it was, it was a huge, huge cost for me because I refused to let them take anything out or water something down. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. wow. Hi, Janelle. This is Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi. You consider yourself a mompreneur. What do you enjoy most about owning your own business? You know, I can drop my kids off from school to school. I can pick them up. I can take them to their practices. I can be there for them. And um, I had to build this company between the hours of 9 to 3. Until this day, 3 o'clock, I'm not Camille Rose anymore. I'm mom, and I have to go and get my kids and take them to dance and take them to football. Yeah. Wow. Hi, Janelle. This is Nate. Hi, Nate. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am really good. I must say that I want to just commend you for the keeping the integrity of your natural products because so many, as a hairstylist, so many natural products are selling just products. They are not really maintaining the integrity of what natural products should be. I myself can't use certain products because it would make my hair almost like ooze. Ugh, it's my, and I would get sores in my scalp. And everything, wow. and to to the point where certain shampoos, when I'm shampooing my clients, it would break my hands out. Wow, so, you're reacting to something. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and one of the things I found out it was acidic acids that are in products. Mm. I can't. I guess I'm allergic to them. But, yeah. Um, I tell you that you know keeping the integrity of your products, knowing that your purpose of why you wanted to make this product and not allowing, you know, the factories or the the big company. And look at you now. You're up in the top five, so I commend you on that. So in developing, what's been the most amazing moment for you in your business thus far? The most amazing moment was when Target invited me up to their headquarters. I was literally like going up the escalator, like, slapping my face, like, is this for real? Like, is this happening? You know, and after, oh, when I walked into the meeting, it was, like, ten people. It was a round table, and I'm, like, oh, my God, like, shaking in my boots. And, I mean, I just, I killed it. Like, I had a, it was just amazing. It was, I mean, we were just talking like friends. And um, but when I finished, one of the guys stood up and said, you had us at hello. Mm, and I was wow. like, oh, my God, I cannot. Be-. Like, I had this presentation planned. I don't think neither, no one even opened that booklet. No one. And um, the guy who came with me, he, he looked at me, he said, you just handled it like a boss. I mean, no one can tell your story. No one knows your product better than you. 
And, and I'm snapping pictures at the Target Museum, sending it to my friends, like, look where I am. I have spent so much money in Target. That's, like, my favorite store. And I'm here. Like, I'm selling them a product. So that was one of the the, the best times in, in my awesome. career. Yes. Awesome. I don't know. This is Shay again. You've definitely had quite an amazing journey. What advice would you give to other natural beauty entrepreneurs? Just if if this is your God-given passion, you have to just stick with stick with it. Create your vision board, and it'll come. Like you'll see. Oh my God! I'm what? I'm being interviewed by what? Essence? Essence? The readers name my product as the best product line. So things like that will just start coming to you naturally. Um, Camille Rose, to me, I, I, I know in my heart it was God-given. I mean, my, I, I'm a therapist. My master's in, I, I, is in science. So I, I would have never thought that I would have been a product maker. Um, so just just stick with it, follow your passion, and, and, and just don't give up. Janelle, this is Danielle, and I want to say that you definitely exude the know, like, and trust factor. So in this mm-hmm. interview, I have come to know, like, and trust you, and that makes me want to buy lots of products. So I need you to tell <laughs> me, you. along with the listeners, how we can buy those products and learn more about those products. Our products are at Target, um, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, in January, we will be in 350 Walgreens. Um, my website, of course, CamilleRoseNaturals.com. Um, my Instagram page, I have tutorials on there. People are tagging us in, in photos of uh, how their hair turned out once they uh, use Camille Rose Naturals products, so definitely follow us on uh, Instagram. And you can definitely always send us an email. It's customer service at com. if you have any questions about products or hair typing or transitioning questions. We'll, we love answering those type of questions. That's wonderful because I'm definitely going to be reaching out. I have some questions for you, actually. Um, okay. We're going to talk about that personally. Uh, I'll email you. Uh, I want to thank you for sharing your products, your story, your yeah. insights with our listeners. Yeah. And I I see wonderful things in your future. You're already accomplishing a lot. So I just yeah. see you taking it to the next level. Um, so I just want to yeah. thank you. Thank you again for, for sharing you. with the listeners. And you have a wonderful rest of your evening. You too. Thank you guys thank for having you. me. You're welcome. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Excellent. Awesome information. information. Yes, I'm going to go Target. I thought I saw her products in Target um, before, so I'm definitely going to go look. I'm growing my hair out now, so I'll need something once my curls start to come back in. Wait a minute. <coughs> you going to go yes, natural? Yes, Yes. You going to be Dude. natural. Who I am natural. You haven't seen my hair? I haven't seen it. I got beautiful uh, yeah, big locks. Exactly, Mr. Beautiful I'm big locks. You know I'm mixed. Natural this, blah, blah, blah. You know blah, I'm blah. mixed. 
Okay, so see, he fell above his head. Lord, forgive him for he know not what he do. Okay. <laughs> he okay. know he he don't right. know he lying, but he is. That's okay. so sweet. Aren't you what you mix with Cherokee? <laughs> I do have Indian. I'm black, white, French, and Indian. <laughs> okay, yeah, whatever. Your head is that, but okay. <laughs> okay. Let's keep it real, boo. Let's keep it okay, real. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I have a question for everyone. We save table oh, talk, talk until oh, the end. No. Be quiet. So, aligned <laughs> with everything that we've been talking about, and I've shared with everybody pretty much here, um, either directly or in conversation, that I'm just going through a period right now where I'm really trying to find what the heck I'm here for. Why am I going through what I'm going through and all of that. So my question to the table, and I'll save my response for last, is what are the things that stand between you and complete happiness? Mm. And I want to start with Shay. Ah, just throw me right under the bus. Yep. Okay. Um. <laughs> 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 and I want you to be honest. For me, oh, I'm always honest. I'm always honest. I don't have anything to hide. Um, for me, what's most often standing between me and happiness is um, stubbornness and okay. fear. So um, God might be telling me to do something, and I just I don't want to. I don't like so. Um, not really, not really submitting as I know I need to. Mm-hmm. And then the times where my own self consciousness gets in my way. What do you mean? Well, a lot of people, a lot of people who know me well, um, one, they think I'm an extrovert. Two, they think I'm very social, which I've gotten to be. It's been a process though over time. I'm, I'm actually introverted, and. Um, okay. I, I in, inside in my internal processing, I have a lot of of concerns about how people see me and what people think of me. Yeah, and I I push past them uh-huh. to get because for the most part I I'm happy, but I do think there are areas. I think people always have areas where they can grow, and I'm always trying to figure out okay, what do I need to do better? Okay. 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 So the floor is open. I want to hear from everyone, but you can go ahead and speak. All right. This is Danielle. And while she was answering, I was trying to think. I think for me, my thing is I struggle with the, I always see a project that needs to be completed, and I seem to think I need to make that thing happen. Um, and, and that kind of t- takes me away from my purpose sometimes. Uh, I'm, I'm big on helping people. So if you come in, in my in my space and I see potential and I see that you're trying to make something happen, I step out of myself to kind of help you make that thing happen, and that, and that kind of leads me away from my purpose, my happiness, because I'm trying to help some other person. And it's part of the purpose, but... It, it's not always aligned perfectly. So then I, I, my cup is is without, and I need it to be overflowing. Um, so that's what keeps me from my happiness at times until I check myself and say, okay, Danielle, focus on Danielle a little while and let these other folks figure their stuff out on their own time. 
Um, so I think mm-hmm. that's that's part of my problem, just kind of mm-hmm. managing it and taking it every day and, and, and being self-aware and focusing on the moment and saying, okay, is this really something I should commit to to help someone with or do I need to stay aligned with what I need to be doing and managing that well? Ooh. And I guess this is Alicia. Um, mine is probably similar to the same answer you just gave, Danielle. Um, and I think part of the problem is when your purpose is centered on what you do for others uh-huh. and you are the helper. Um, look at the world today. How many people need help? There's yeah. always someone, you know, on your job or, you know, in your neighborhood or in the community. And, you know, as an entrepreneur, part of the things you do is you look for opportunities. So you're always going to see where someone needs to help, needs help. And then, you know, from the female perspective, that's what we do. You know, you put on that superhero cape and you go and help people and you make other people, you fix the problem. But, you know, um, one of the things I'll say for our group of uh, professional women um, in my circle, one of the things we've really been looking at here recently is that there are so many great things that we're doing, but our businesses, our purpose, our passions sometimes are taking a back seat. Um, so myself and others, you know, we're really going through this process where, you know, a lot of things I may have been doing for a lot of years. I've been serving faithfully, enjoyed those commitments, but I'm having to slowly one by one to say, you know what, love you guys, it's not personal, I have to take a back seat from this. Um, this is what I, you know, this is the amount I can give you, this, this is the participation I can do, but I have to pull away. And I think it's one thing to take that step to say that, it's a whole other thing to be at peace with that decision. Because there's a little bit of guilt, well, you know, um, I've been a part of this for so long, I've been doing this for so long, but... You know, at the end of the day, if there's growth and you continue to work in your purpose, there's going to be different requirements and, and things and needs and capacities you have to fill. So you have to say no to something to say yes to something else. So I think I answered that question. Yes, you did. And then I'm going to take it back <laughs> off everybody because for me it's just stepping out to do it and not mm-hmm. worrying about what others going to think, what others going to say, mm-hmm. and know that regardless, if I step out and do it, God got the rest because he's yeah. given me, Come he's on. given it to me to share. Mm-hmm. So I think for me it's just stepping out and totally trusting him. Uh, yeah. and, and, and And I think, you know, if I step out, then happiness will come. Absolutely. Liz? Oh. Well, I guess that leaves thought, me. I knew what she thought. She, she thought I didn't hear her. <laughs> <laughs> nice try. <laughs> yes. Um, I think mine is a fear of success. Like, you know, a lot of people fear failure, but I have a weird fear of success. It's like I know I can do it. I know I can make it happen. But what's next? Like, I have a, I guess, an anxiety of what, what's going to happen when I do accomplish that or what's going to happen when that does go well. You know, I, I think too far ahead sometimes. Mm. I think a lot of people do that too. Yeah. But my, what stands between, I think, me and complete happiness, number one, I really want to get to a point where 
Because um, I have days where I'm very happy. I want to get to a place where I have joy, and that's more sustaining to me. Yes, um, right now in this in this place in my life, because I have days when I'm happy. I have days when, literally, lately, where I will cry from day time I wake up to the time I go to sleep at night. Um, literally, you know, oh, I've talked to Alicia, and she knows she can attest to the fact that that's been the case. Um, but I just want to get to the place right now. I've, I've discussed on the show and the confessions that I have self-esteem issues. I want to get to the point where I'm okay um, just being me, being being me, and then also being just with me, um, free from judgment, not caring what people thought. I know somebody else said, they, they really, Shay, I think it was, that you do care what people think. And I know everybody should care to a certain extent, but I think mm-hmm. I care too much to the point where I I, I, I won't be 100%. Um, and that holds me back, I think, from my purpose, which now that I know what my purpose is, I really need to be okay um, being judged. I need. Um, I want to get to the point where I don't need external validation right now. I, I thrive on people um, validating me. Unfortunately, I, I, I thrive on that. I want to get to a point where, you know, I don't need recognition. Um, and then most important, I want to get to a point where I don't need somebody else to hold me or to tell me that they – they want to be with me or love me or anything like that. Um, I know everybody needs that. Everybody needs love, but mine is an unhealthy balance, and I want to get to the point where I don't, I don't need that. Because like Chuck was saying, that um, when you have a call in your life or when you are, um, there's a purpose that God wants uh-huh. you to see. He will move and take everything to get your attention. Oh yes, Lord. And he, <laughs> he's basically he's done that to me. He took something that I love more than life. And at first I was upset. I was I don't mind saying I was pissed with God for a long time until I had to realize that he loved me enough to interrupt everything, yeah. strip me down from everything to the point where I had to realize that um, there was something that he wanted me to do and that he, was gonna, he wasn't going to stop until um, he removed everything and everyone that was distracting me from my purpose and my goal. So I just want to get to the point where um, I know what my my call is. I know what my purpose is. It is to teach, um, which is also really the new direction I want to go in. That everyone will leave the show with an aha moment or with something, some some clarity on something. Yes, we want to entertain. We want to laugh. We want to have fun. We can still do all of that. But at the end of the show, I want somebody to have gotten something that they can use to change their lives and live a more fulfilling, purposeful life. Um, and I think just accepting me for who I am, being okay with me, and then possibly being okay with me by myself is, I Mm -hmm. think, what stands between me and happiness right now. And I'm through. But I think you're closer there than you think. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have to believe you you because it looks a few miles down the street to me, but I, I, I like your answer. And we, and we all also, care about what people say. We all care about yeah. what yes. people yes. think of us because mm-hmm. you're human. But the thing yep. is, is how you react to what people say, what people think about you. And I think that's where I'm – I think I'm really good in that area. But for me, it's just I, – I don't like to create reactions. I don't know why. But well, in order for me to use my gift, I don't know. I don't like to – Make people yeah, uncomfortable, yeah. and I, I don't know why I don't like to make people uncomfortable. So I don't like to stir up stuff. So for me, I rather take a back seat to my gift oh. and my purpose 
so that I wouldn't have to do that. But I have to realize that if God going, if I want to be happy and fulfilled in my purpose, especially when I've accepted it and I know exactly what it is, then I'm going to have to do some uncomfortable things. Amen. Definitely. Definitely. And, Will, you were speaking earlier about how you, God took some things away from you. And I, I can mm-hmm. relate because I, I had that experience where I felt like I didn't understand why I was going through what I was going through. But I noticed mm-hmm. once he, he took it all away from me and I went and I was at my lowest, I felt like I was at my lowest, he raised me higher than I ever could have imagined. And so yeah. I've been blessed exceedingly and abundantly. And it's because I was at my lowest, and when I felt like it was all gone, he showed me what you had was nothing compared to what I have for you. And because you let that go, because you let that go, now I can give you what you deserve. So I think that you letting it go is the first part, but the blessings are coming on the other side. It has happened Mm -hmm. to me, so I'm only telling you what what happened to me personally. So I see it happening for you, too. Um, Thank you. you got to get to that step, but I've been there. It I have cussed him out. <laughs> it all comes to things of humor, though, um, further down the road. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is, like you said, it's those things we think we cannot live without. Yes. We just can't. And then we, when when it's stripped, it's like, oh, my God, you know, what am I supposed to do? I'm broken. I'm hurting. I'm crying. Yeah. And, you know, you have those days where you're high, and then you have those days where you're low, and then there's days I'm okay, and then you just go on this roller coaster. But then as you continue to go forward with your purpose, as the pieces come together, it's, you know, now I look back and I laugh because I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? The thing you thought you couldn't do without, the people that, you know, he took away and, mm-hmm. you know, we've been together for all these years. It's so funny now. They would not fit yes. where he has you now. You don't have mm-hmm. time. And a lot of times those people he took away, those were the people that were sucking your time, sucking your resources, sucking the life out of you. But in your mind, I'm helping them. You know, we, we have a reciprocity. And we don't. So for where he's moved you into, you know, you get to a certain point where you can look back and it's really hilarious. Wow, how did I think I can hold on to that and go to this place where I said I wanted to go? Or go to a place where I never imagined I would be in the purpose, but the grace of God, I'm here. But it hurts like heck. Yes, it does. (laughs) In the beginning. It's not easy. Thank you. Thank you for that. But see, we all have each other. This is awesome. Exactly. It reminds me of a story that my mom told one time when her and my daddy was at the grocery store and they saw this guy. He was a bum. And when they went inside, my mama recognized the guy and she told my dad, she said, I used to date him. Mm. And my daddy said, aren't you glad that y'all, you didn't marry him because you would have been out there too. And my mom said, no, he would have been you. <laughs> Go yes, on, mama. mama. Go on, mama. She said that. <laughs> you better tell it. I know that's right. I know that's right. Well. Ooh, I said something that, um, that I was thinking, and then as I was thinking about it, you started talking and said it. Because we started out asking about happiness. But I... I focus on joy. Amen. Exactly. 
Because there's because happiness depends on happening. Don't make it mm-hmm. upon so something. then so then it becomes are you in a state of are you in a state of joy? And if not, what's keeping you from that? Mm-hmm. Right. That's right. Because that's going to be more important than what's keeping you from being happy. Because people think, oh, if I do this, or if I if I reach this milestone, or if I get to this level where I have this stuff, that's going to make me happy. And they get there, and they're disappointed because they haven't changed. You're right. Hmm. I love the way they just preach in my platform. Yes, so yes. I'm like, yes, that sounds like one of my workshops. Yes, God. It's good that we're going in this direction. I was afraid that you got either. I was was actually looking for people to drop off the show because I said they're going to be bored with it. But, you know, God just kept laying it on my heart that the whole purpose of the show that he gave me was to do this. And I had got, like I said, gotten swayed with trying to get the numbers and all this kind of stuff. Never, not I lost the feeling of the show. Like I told Alicia time, a couple of times that if she wasn't on the show, I probably would have ended the show a long time ago. But um, just getting back, you even us having this class. conversation is just so stimulating. So I hope that um, everybody is comfortable with the direction that we're, um, that, that we're moving. Most definitely. We still fabulous. It's all good. Yes, yeah, and we still gonna have fun, still have crazy guests, but just the overall purpose of the show um, will change. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, Miss Alicia, what is next week? We have a good show next week as well. You know, next week we have so many high-powered people. I'm not yeah. even gonna begin to um, name them all. I, I will say that I'm really, I'm really happy about Jane Kennedy coming on the show. Um, yeah. That that was like you know it was funny. I always considered her. And I think a lot of times in, in biography she's mentioned as like the black version of Farrah Fawcett. You know, during that age there was that everybody had that you know certain ethnicity mm-hmm. had that Farrah Fawcett picture on the wall, but we had Jane Kennedy. Um, so you know, remarkable woman has had a remarkable life in Hollywood. And it would be great just to hear her and catch up on where she is today and some of the obstacles and things that she's been through. But she continues to fight. Um, and one of the people I am so excited that's coming on the show next week is Chris Cole. Um, I yeah. had the awesome opportunity to have an interview with him. And, well, you know, we talked about it before, the original purpose of the show. We wanted to have a serious look at mental health and mental illness. And, you know, we, we tried, you know, different guests, different angles. Just wasn't the right angle, just wasn't the right person. Um, but with Chris Cole, definitely, when you were talking about purpose and all of that information, he has a story to share, and I don't want to give it away. But when you're talking about pursuing your purpose, when you're talking about some of the things from childhood and, and issues that you had of insecurities, wow, he is really going to come on next week and talk about how those bare few things that we might take for granted if they're not put into check. If we don't really take a serious look at our mental health, they can turn into a mental health crisis. Um, and for those of you that don't know, his, his book has just came out, The Body of Chris Cole, but this was a gentleman at the age of 18 who had a nervous breakdown where at the university he believed he was the second coming of Christ. Um, so, you know, has made a beautiful transition to now being a life coach. And when you hear a story, you'll realize it isn't that big of a stretch. 
um, from the road that he's come down. So I am excited to have him here with this new direction of the show. And really, you know, we've had so many school shootings this week, um, just so many horrible things that are going on in the world today. This is one of those topics that we really need to look at and we really need to have an open, honest discussion about. So that's just a little bit of what's coming up next week on the show. Yeah. We also have the the two relationship people who are going to be good. Um, Yes. Yeah, really good. Really good. Really good. So. You care to tell us who they are? Does anybody else have anything they want to say? Anyone my co-hosts have any farewell? I just want to say, I just want to say that this show touched my spirit in a special way. And I'm thankful for being on this platform with all of you and the listeners. And I wish them all love and blessings. Thank you. So beautiful. Anybody else? All right. Okay. I just wanted to say, um, take what you've learned and love yourself as hard as you love others. Oh, wow. Yes. And I'll say this one thing that's been a reoccurring theme through the week. I think I said it early in the show. Uh, take that time to just be in silence, to be in peace, to be just with yourself, silence the noise, and just yeah. hear what your soul and your spirit has to say. Because that yeah. will give you that next leg, that next direction towards pursuing the purpose and passion in your life. All right. That's wonderful. Well, another show great show hope everyone has a amazing week um try to implement something that you learned tonight um and we will be right here next week same place same time until then everybody be blessed and have a good evening good night we hope you've enjoyed this episode of let's face it with will strayhorn and friends we ask that you visit www.letsfaceitradio.com for up-to-date information on future shows, special guests, advertising opportunities, and exciting interactive ways that you can be a part of the show. Join us next week, same time, same place, for real people, real topics, real talk. Let's face it.